You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Matthews in front of the net. They score! Nylander, a one-timer. Dropping it back in the center. He pass. They score! Eric Gustafson, who hasn't scored all season, has two here tonight. Up the middle to Matthews and over the line. Got a shot. He scores! What a bullet! Austin Matthews had that puck on his stick for a millisecond from Timmons, and it's 3-2. Capitals get the puck into the lead zone and score! And all of the hard work done in the second period go for naught, and Hathaway makes it 4-2. On the left wing side, a shot off the goal post. Now Caps are celebrating. The horn's gone off. And Gustafson has his third of the game. Well, 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 I'm back in the big seat, Dave. It's Al's brother. You're listening to Leafs Lunch. I've got Dave Festchuk here with me for Julia Tashery. She's uh, she's off and she's starting her World Juniors coverage. So it's you and I for the next couple of hours here, Dave. And well, it's the first time that I've actually had to talk about a regulation loss in weeks because I wasn't yeah. here last week when they lost uh, when they lost and they broke the streak against the Rangers. So I didn't get to talk about it. And last time they lost a game in regulation, I believe, was back, what, November 11th was the last time they had done that prior to that date. So it's the first time that I have to to, to talk about it. Okay, okay. Hang on. Hold your horses. Land ho, ships ahoy, Al's brother. (laughs) We can talk about Saturday's loss in Washington all all day if you like. But first, before we get to that, Al's brother, everybody that listens to the show wants to know how were the seven seas, the great cruise that you were partaking in with your wonderful father over the past week? Uh, It was tremendous. Honestly, it's just just nice to get out there into the sun, especially when it was not so great weather down here. I did not feel bad one bit about that either, by the way. Everyone's saying, oh, you're sending me all these pictures of being out in the tropics, and and I'm sitting here with all this sleet. I'm like, well, eh, sucks to be you. I'm enjoying my life. Good for you, buddy. But man, it was awesome. It's it was great. We went on. Uh, it was a different cruise line than usual. Usually we uh, go with Royal Caribbean, but this time went with MSC, and we were up in uh, what they call a yacht club, um, and it was great. There was tremendous food as always. Met some good mm-hmm. people, um, and it was awesome. And yesterday on the way back, ended up getting uh, a first class upgrade into. Have you ever sat in one of those pods in first class? Oh yes, luckily oh. enough, I have. Oh my God! I I'd never done this before, and and they offered it. They're like, "Oh, we have two available. You want them for a hundred bucks each?" We're like, "Okay, sure, why not?" So we ended up getting into one of those things, not knowing that they were the pod first class. Just thought maybe you know a little extra room for a couple bigger fellas. And Good for uh, you. no, this was the full on lounge pod thing, and it was fantastic. So great way to cap off what was a, a fantastic week as well. Goes first class on the way home. It looked like, I mean, I was looking at your Instagram stories. It looked like it was first class all the way in the so-called yacht club. What was the highlight? What was the highlight of the cruising the Caribbean? Well, so here's the thing. When I when I go on these vacations, like I spend, and Steph asked me, she get she sees me we're up on Zoom. She's like, AP, where's your tan? And I'll be honest with you, I spend a lot of the time 
indoors in the casino. So okay. one, one of my big highlights is like the last night of the cruise or whatever. I had, you know, took my final whatever, like 150 bucks I had, went to the blackjack table. One shoe went from 150 to 700. And I was pretty stoked about that. Made some money back and was like, all right, that's it for me. That's it for the cruise. Sayonara. Adios. And uh, it was a good time. There's a lot of Italians on the boat too, Dave. So it was nice. nice. I had a couple of like broken Italian conversations with some people with a couple of families. So. How is your Italian? How is your Italian? Uh, it's, it's not great. I'll tell okay. you. I, I know like a couple words to get by with some broken phrases, but it was right. great because it was just about as much as some people knew in English. So they would speak to me in English and I would try and speak back to them in Italian. And it was fun. It was a good time. I enjoyed good myself. Good for you, buddy. Good for yeah. you. And you cashed in the chips. You cashed in the chips. Yeah. You came home with some money. Good for you, buddy. That's great to hear. Well, the Leafs can't say the same coming home from Washington. But, hey, we just saw the tweet. The Leafs have made a trade, Alice, brother. I see this. The Maple Leafs. Look at me. Back in the second we hit the airwaves, we get a tweet and we get a trade to announce. I don't know if we got that little sports center sting or not that we could play right now. But we've got a trade here. The Toronto Maple Leafs have acquired Dryden. Hunt from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Gino Mulligan. Dennis Mulligan is no longer a Maple Leaf. His era in Toronto has come to an end, and Dryden Hunt is now with Toronto. Uh, I'm gonna have to do some, you know, quick look it up to see what Dryden Hunt's all about. But I know he's, you know, he spent some time. Where was he? He was in Florida the Rangers. For a bit, right? He's been with the Rangers. He's been with obviously been with Colorado more recently. Yeah, he's he's gotten around a little bit. Uh, he's you know, he's a he's a Western Canadian kid, Cranbrook, BC. Played with yeah. Florida. Played you know, Arizona. Uh, so he's been he yeah he's he's been well traveled. I think some people would say he's you know a bottom six forward. I know that Gerard Gallant tried him as a top six forward in New York uh, last season. Uh, to you know, and he played a few playoff games for the Rangers. Had seventeen points in seventy six games, but. Um. Yeah, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it, you know Kyle Dubas had some attachment to Dennis Malgin, no doubt about that. Bringing him yeah. back after his first stint in Toronto didn't go particularly well, and and maybe it says something that he, they're moving off of Malgin when they've been trying him at that second line left wing spot, like so many other guys, and it's just not working. So uh, trying something different, Al's brother. Yeah, and this. I don't know. This seems like so he's got two goals so far this year, split between 28 games with the Rangers, and that's it. Just two goals through 28 games. Um, a dash eight. And, you know, he's somebody who I don't know if, if is necessarily is he better than Dennis Mulligan? Maybe not. He's got a little bit more size to him at six foot, mm-hmm. 193 pounds as opposed to Mulligan. So maybe it's just someone if they want a little bit more size, they can chuck him in there. But to me, this this seems like you know a lateral move, or honestly, maybe it's just giving Mulligan an opportunity elsewhere in, in in a different role, and they just wanted to do good by him and give him an opportunity if it wasn't going to come here in Toronto, because it appears that potentially Callie Yarncroft could be returning to the lineup. Also, he's skating uh, today, and if that's the case, someone's got to come out and. I would imagine that Gino Mulgan, our guy, or Dennis Mulgan, um, maybe one of those guys who would have came out to the lineup, and maybe they would have had to send him down to uh, send him down. So they decided to make a quick flip, bring in Dryden Hunt, and Dennis Mulgan's second stint as a Toronto Maple Leaf comes to an end. And with that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson. Johnny, what's going on on a on a beautiful Monday morning? Afternoon. I want to make some crack research on Dryden Hunt. But before we get into the hockey, 
Um, how's cruise life treating you? Like, what is going on? <laughs> was it a Disney cruise? Was it a carnival? Were you the no. youngest person by 40 years on that cruise entirely? <laughs> what? Like, what? My, and, like, like, listen, not to knock cruises, they're not for me. My parents swear by them. They've been on dozens. They love them, love them. They're my parents, Mikey. What, like, what is going on about the cruise life you're living? I don't understand why people don't like cruise. Like, legitimately, you eat great, you drink for free, and there's a casino on board. There's tons of people, good music. It's a party every night. What's not to love? I don't understand all this hate that I'm getting about being a cruiser just because I'm a ripe 28-year-old man. Well, first of the rocking and the rolling of the seas, which is not for everyone, myself yeah. included. There's the cubbyhole size rooms. Which are I know you live a big you know extravagant lifestyle. So you probably have a big massive room, but rooms are uber tiny. And yeah. like while you mention casino, like having a card table there does not make a casino. Like how big are these things? Like, I know they're. Oh, like, I don't want to wait thirty minutes to do my like surfing thing for two seconds, or wait in a tube ride like I'm at Wonderland. Like this is not my ideal of relaxation. So you know, I guess different strokes for different folks, but it obviously works for you. No, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you go to you can bathe on the sun deck. There's theater shows. There's you know some other extravagant things you could do. And you're kind of traveling around the world. Like we ended up going to to Nassau in the Bahamas, Puerto Rico. It's the first time I've ever been there. Went to to Puerto Plata. It's the first time I went there. So you're also traveling the world as well and getting to see some other cultures, which is and something then what that, do you do? Uh, I always like, enjoy. But what about like is it a group activity like you land in Nassau like you got to jump on the team bus with a hundred other cruisers and no. go to what like like how 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 restrictive is the post like when you get off the boat activities you can do whatever you want honestly like you can do there are like excursions you can book you can go swim with dolphins if you want to do that there's like you know you can yeah. jump on a jeep and they can give you a tour or you could just go and kind of walk around the city grounds. That you can find, you know, a local who can might give you a tour. There's like walking tours you could do, or you just kind of go walk, do some shopping on your own, or find a cab and they can kind of bring you around, almost like a chauffeur. You can do whatever you want. Honestly, once you get off the boat, it's fair game. They say you're off at whatever ten o'clock when you dock. Just make sure you're back on board at five because we're leaving with or without you. And between that time, it's kind of up to you. So you can do whatever, whatever your heart desires, or you can stay on the boat and, you know, keep keep doing whatever right. you want to do. I'm 100% not sold, so go ahead. All right. So. All right. Well, are you sold on, on Dryden Hunt, I guess? We could use that as a transition in here because we yeah. just got the notification. Um, the Maple Leafs sent out uh, via Twitter and via um, a PR release that they have traded for Dryden Hunt with the Colorado Avalanche. Dennis Mulgan going the other way. Uh, so are you sold on, on Dryden Hunt being... Uh, somewhat of a, a useful piece here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I mean, do I, do I anticipate Dryden Hunt fitting in the top six, like the role Malgan was hoping to fill and having it go great and him lighting it up? No, of, of course I do not, because uh, it hasn't happened throughout other stops in his career. He's, he's been in multiple places. He's been, what, in Rangers for a while and Florida and Colorado. Now, he was a big scorer. There's no doubt about that back in – in Medicine Hat and Moose Jaw and the WHL Regina, like he was a you know scored 58 goals his last year in yeah. junior, which is a big big number. But his biggest number in the NHL is six. So I mean, I think he's another guy. He brings energy. He's a skater. I guess what it offers to me, guys, is this is not a solution to your top six, but 
he's a more versatile player so that if he's not going to play in the top six, he can play elsewhere. And I guess maybe for Mulligan, if Mulligan wasn't going to play in the top six, I don't know if Sheldon Keefe would like him playing on the checking line or on the, on the fourth right. line or anything like that. Whereas now Dryden Hunt can be more versatile. If he's not in the top six, he can be elsewhere and maybe be a contributor. But I think it would, it, more than anything, it, it, it highlights that there is a pretty gaping hole in the Leafs' top six that they have not yet filled. Kerfoot could do it. It's not in the past, but I think they like Kerfoot and Engvall and Cap together. It's been a pretty good, it's been a pretty good connection so far, so they don't want to break that up. They need another top six guy. It was supposed to be Nick Robertson. Not going to be him this year, uh, and that's an issue because they were hoping to fill that internally, and they haven't been able to. Yeah, so this may or may not fill that top six forward spot that we've been talking about for a long time now, MJ. Um, how pressing is that to you right now if you're Kyle Dubas between now? We obviously tonight at midnight we have that holiday trade freeze that goes into effect until the 28th of December, but post 28th December until the March 3rd trade deadline, where is that on your order of business to uh, to iron out if you're Kyle Dubas? It's 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 probably it's probably tops. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's probably yeah. ahead of a defenseman. You know, I've been clamoring for maybe even another centerman. There's one available, but like those are kind of luxury items, right? Like you have other guys who can do that. You don't really have someone, as they've just evidenced by this transaction and what's happened so far this year. They don't have another guy that they think can play in the top six right now. And so right. I, I think it is it's imperative. Now it's not urgent. You don't make a panic deal. They just won whatever, 15 or what, 15 in a row without losing a game. So, like, they're very – they're doing quite fine just as is. But I think, like always, you're going to try to strengthen any perceived weakness, whatever, no matter how little that weakness may be. And right now I think that spot is a weakness that they need to address. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's trolling out there. Now, the good news is, not that they're easy to find, but a, a contributing top six winger – might be the easiest thing to find in the league, other than like mm-hmm. a checking player. You know what I mean? Like, they will be around and they will be available. You can scan any team that's out of the playoffs, and it, it will, you know, you'll look, at, you'll look at any expiring contract, and those guys will be available if you want them. So um, they can pluck any one of those guys. Uh, and if, if Vancouver, I don't know what he'll cost, but if Vancouver wants to sell their, you know, they trade Bo Horvat and go down that road, Luke Shen, like that Kuzmenko. Yeah. Who's just in his first year? Is a is a UFA because he signed yeah. so late and he's so old. Like don't you, like imagine getting that guy, a guy like that, um, would really would like have a chance to fit in really well. So um, I think it's a pretty important for for Kyle Dubas, but doesn't have to jump right on it. But it'll be something he'll be monitoring for the next little while. Well, it does appear that uh, Yarncroft is is healthy. He's back in in a regular sweater, skating on that second line alongside Tavares and Marner. So mm-hmm. you think he ends up getting an opportunity? Because I thought before he went down to injury, he was starting to kind of heat up a little bit, and then unfortunately ended up missing a couple of weeks here. Hopefully, or potentially, he could end up heating up with these two and, and maybe make a run at that spot. What do you think? Yeah, and they'll give it a whirl. Absolutely. I mean, Yarncroke's been out, and they're going to give him a chance. Um, and he'll be a complimentary player, and maybe if it works well enough, they can kind of survive with him there. You know, it's a bit of a rotation. Sometimes it's Kerfoot and Yarncroke goes down. Sometimes it's Yarncroke and Kerfoot's on the third line. Like, the, 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 the versatility of those guys is their strength. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Yarncroke's not a proven point producer in the NHL. He's, he's generally been kind of a pretty consistent 
third line production, um, but not a lot more. So, so we'll see. We'll see. But I, I, again, they'll they'll um, look into every internal option before they go chasing something through trade because it's just easier to do and the money's already allocated. Okay, MJ, let's switch gears. Uh, we were talking before the show, AB and producer Steph and I, about uh, about Austin Matthews. Gets his 16th goal of the season in Saturday's loss to Washington, which puts him now at 16 goals through uh, his first uh, 32 games. He's 12 back of Connor McDavid in the Rocket Richard mm-hmm. race. McDavid on pace, of course, for more than 70 goals. you got to figure he may slow down a little bit, although you never right. know. He's the best player in the world. What's your level of optimism that that Matthews can get back into this race and and uh, restore his uh, you know his voyage toward a third straight rocket? Um, not as high as it was last year, I guess. I don't know. I mean, last year the slow start was a little bit the wrist and the lack of training. It's kind of easier to explain away. Um, also, the way that the league was working and the way the Leafs the, the Leafs were the best off are one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're not one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're almost similar to last year, but so many other teams have had an uptick in the amount of production. So if you say Connor McDavid's going to score, I don't know, let's just go round number 60 goals. Now that would be massive, but I don't even know. 60 goals. So McDavid needs, or Matthews would need 44 in the last 50 games. Now we know we busted off 50 and 50 last year over the course of a 52, 53 games run. But that was, again, historical, has not been done in, in, in forever. So is he going to do that again on this team this year? I'm guessing not. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, he might have a chance to run and push it close to 50, which would require, what, 34 goals in 50 yes. games? That seems doable. But I think that there's going to be, you know, a half dozen guys that push upwards of 50 goals this year. So getting to 50 is not going to win him the rocket. I'm not super concerned about him and his game and all that. I just don't think given that we're 40% of the way into the season, um, that he's going to be able to make up that amount on this year's league team. Because this team is different. It's just not the same overwhelmingly offensive team relative to everyone else um, like they were last year. Yeah, I think that there's just more of a considered effort to, to play a full tour for game. Not that he's risking offense for defense but he's not cheating anymore and he seems like he's willing to play more that defensive more of a complimentary game and the goals are going to come for austin matthews we're not worried about matthews and and the quote lack of goals that he's had over the course of the season compared to where we expected him to have but i'm curious if you think that now you know marner streak is 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 done that's over the point streak is done and that's over at what point do you think Sheldon Keefe thinks about maybe reuniting Marner and Matthews back together? Hmm. Are these pairs kind of just status quo for now? They lose to Tampa. You know, I, I think. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think so. Because uh, I, I think they're always going to get back there, right? Yeah. Like I think they preferably would always get back to it. You could never do anything when Mitch was playing the way he was, and the team was never losing. Like, well, why would you ever change? But I think you know if they lose a third in a row. Um, it's a good reason to to switch it up and you know that's how teams work you know you, you go on hot runs these things stay the same then you cool off and things change uh so but with all the interchangeable parts um you know with yarn coming in and out and everything else yeah i think if they were to lose to tampa tomorrow which is 
I don't know, Mike, you got the line. I guess they're the favorite, probably the betting favorite, but probably shouldn't be. Tampa's won five in a row and playing really well. Um, yeah, I, I could see them going there, and, and I imagine it will work really well, as it has all the time. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's something in his back pocket that he's considering. But, yeah, one more loss, and he probably gets there. MJ, we saw in the, in the loss to Washington – a concerted effort by the Capitals to, to, to hit a lot, to hit the, specifically hit the Maple Leafs defenseman and disrupt the mm-hmm. breakout as much as possible. Obviously, we saw Ovi put Connor Timmons into the bench, which was uh, the most resounding body check of the evening, but it wasn't the only one. Uh, what did you make of that and the fact that the Maple Leafs didn't, you know, you know as opposed to during that 15-game stretch where they did not uh, lose a game in regulation, they were not clean, uh, cleanly getting out of their zone mm-hmm. uh, as often and as efficiently as they had been uh, coming coming into that game. Yeah, and I think that was a spillover from the Ranger game as well. Cause the Ranger game was very much the same. Like it just wasn't as clean moving the puck up the ice. Um, well, I'm glad Dave you didn't say well, why didn't they hit back because like like <laughs> you know what I mean like right. they, they, you hit when you hit and you hit when you are a player who hits. And every team will go in the same way when I played against Detroit in 2002, we said hit Lidstrom all the time, get physical on the forecheck. You try. Like, that's the game plan against every good team. That's a game plan against Toronto. They want to pass the puck. They want to make plays. They want to get it off the boards to the middle of the ice. Well, part of trying to defend that is to be physical. So that's nothing new. Um, I give the Rangers in Washington credit for being capable and committed enough to doing it. And, you know, I think the Leafs, weren't on top of their game in New York. They weren't on top of their game in Washington, especially in the first period. Second was pretty good. Third, maybe not as much. But, um, you know, I, I think it's more Toronto just didn't execute. Toronto knows this. Bucks are going to come in. You know, they understand the forechecking systems. They know where the pressure points are coming from. The question is, can you get back there quick enough, pull it off the wall, find your spot, make the read, and make the pass? And when you do, you want guys to try to hit you because then they're running out of the position. Then you got them coming – downhill and you're going the other way and you have a chance to beat them back up the ice you have no problem with teams getting physical with you if you can execute they just weren't able to execute and i think some of that is just the um sobering post streaking reality of the team you know what i mean like a, a bit of an emotional letdown after the ranger loss after mitch's thing was broken up like i just think you know it's just one of those you know teams take a breath and they, they just haven't been quite as good the last couple of games in conversation with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, um, a guy who uh, I guess over the course of my vacation when I left, Connor Timmons was you know he was playing some games. He finally got back in the lineup. I come back home and I look it up. The guy's got six points in his last like six games. He's on a three-game point streak. Had three helpers in Anaheim. Uh, mm-hmm. You know how 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 are you liking what Connor Timmons has been able to bring to the lineup since entering a couple weeks ago? Well, given where he's coming from and the amount of hockey he's played, you have to be impressed, right? Like, he's basically gone three, four years without playing a normal season. So his development is so stalled. He wasn't playing in Arizona, guys. So you have to manage expectations. You're not playing for the Coyotes. Then, you know, you understand where you fit on their depth chart. So you see what he's good at. And I think this is where what, we've, what the Leafs have seen so far would be would be really positive because he's, he's good at passing the puck and he's not afraid to make plays. And I think that is almost a foundational piece to most NHL defensemen. If you can pass the puck, like if you can handle pressure and pass pucks, then you have a chance to be a good player. Um, you know, I, I think processing things in his own end, he's not perfect, but he shouldn't be. He's still figuring it out. And he, 
and he's just you know he's he's still trying to get that part of his game um, to the level he it needs to be. Uh, so I'm not going to get carried away, but he's got six points in six games. Really good. He, he sliced and diced Anaheim. It's pretty good too. But, um, you know, you'll see some times where he, you know, misses assignment or that, you know, doesn't read it quite right. And that is concerning. And maybe that cleans up with time, but the passing I like Mike. And I like the fact that they acknowledge that he's a project. It's a couple year thing that they'll, they'll try to coach him up and see what he can become, but I'll take my chances. And anyone who can skate well enough and pass and see the ice. Those are the kind of guys I want to try to make into better, more rounded players. Well, speaking of trying to make things better, MJ, the Maple Leafs power play, 6 mm-hmm. for its last 39, 0 for its last 8, and Sheldon Keefe isn't, isn't resting. He's, he's exploring other options, and, of course, Saturday night he tried one with the, uh, pervert, you know, the five forwards. Uh, on the power play at once, nearly got scored on shorthanded by Washington, didn't happen, and then he went away from it beyond that in the game. What do you make of this, and, and do you think this is the answer to a power play that led the league last year uh, mm-hmm. and is now down to 13th this season? So, one, I think it's probably something we're going to see more of, not just in Toronto but around the league, right? Like there was always a mm-hmm. bit of a hesitation when power plays went from two defensemen to one. Now if there's two defensemen on the power play, you're wondering what's wrong. Like, where's all the forwards? Yeah. Like, where's everybody else? So I, I think if there's an inevitable transition there, and you're balancing, as they have shown so far, power plays with one defenseman generate way more shots, chances, goals, than power plays with two defensemen. Now they may give up the odd more chance against or a goal against, but that doesn't matter because on aggregate you're creating more and scoring more, and that's what you're trying to do over 82 games. Now, if I have a power play with three minutes left in the game, we're winning by one, I'm going to put two defensemen out there. So it's going to be a little bit situational, but I don't mind it. Like, you have a lot of good forwards. So why not try to take advantage of that? Um, so, and, and it's not like the guy they're taking off the point is a traditional booming power play quarterback with some sort of big shot. Like, they don't have anyone like that on their team. They don't have any big shot from the point kind of players. So it's like more puck distributors, which you would probably trust whoever we want to put up there. Mitch Marner or William Nylander, like they can pass it around as well as Sandine or anybody. So I, I, I'm totally on board with it. I, not surprising. The biggest surprise to me, though, guys, and I, like I, the game against Washington, right? So it's a bit of a rush play. Mitch Marner's a little bit tired. Maybe that has something to do with it. But he like, like slides to make a play, and I'm like wondering, why would you slide there? Like, you know, yeah. I, think, I think forwards, when there are no other defensemen on the ice, they start playing things differently than they play them at five on five. Like if Mitch Marner goes down in his own end, he's not sliding around trying to block passes. He just goes and plays. Like I think you almost yes. just have to get out of your head that somehow, you know, we're five forwards, we're scrambling, here we go. And it, and it gets a little crazy. Just play it straight up normally and you'll be fine, which I think maybe will come in time. But um, I have no problem with it. And, and, and uh, do what you want, experiment how you want until Morgan Riley gets back. And, and then when Morgan gets back, which I – I know he hasn't been on the ice of the team, so it's not imminent, but it's got to be. It was four to six weeks, right? Like, hasn't it been? Yeah, it's coming up about that gone? time. So, you know, yeah, he's going to be skating on his own. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, you can experiment for a couple of weeks. And, and the reality is, guys, like, you know, as I prep for all these games, it used to be a good power play would be one that was over 20%. And there weren't that many of them. And then if you got one to 25, you're like, okay, this, this, is, this is legit. One of the best in the league. Now I'm going through on prep, and every other team has a power play that's 23%. That's why the Leafs are middle of the pack, because the entire league is so much better on the power play this year for 
a variety of reasons we don't have time to get into, but it's important that the Leafs are good there during the regular season. They need the power play to produce goals for them because it is an area where they are falling behind other top-end teams. Yeah, it was a big reason why they were, you know, put up, what, 115 points uh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. All right, Johnny, actually, before I let you go, I did my best Mike Johnson TMZ side hustle gig Uh-oh. yesterday. Yeah. Ran into John Hamm at JFK I'm gonna, on a connecting floor. Wow. Johnny no Hamm. way. I, I totally missed opportunity, too. He's a high. He's a total hockey guy. He's a hockey I, nut. He's a, he's a big blues fan, right? And I was yeah. going to ask him, hey, what do you think the, the going rate would be for Ryan O'Reilly potentially to come to Toronto? I was going to try and have a little conversation, but it was one of those things where I was sitting down at the at the airport lounge bar, and he walked past, and I was kind of looking at him, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy from somewhere. And then by the time I clued in, he was kind of already down the hallway a little bit. I wasn't going to go chasing after him. But, yeah, John Hamm was at JFK yesterday. You could tip off I love your, it. your TMZ compadres. I love it. Although it's always a weird thing, like you, like because you know they don't really want to talk to you, right? No, not, not you, not. but like, they don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> They're traveling. They don't want like you know. It's always a weird dynamic when you see a celebrity in a place like that. Yeah, like, I remember I was at the airport, wherever it was. I don't know whichever one. And I was sitting beside like Josh Duhamel, who's like you know, fame, yeah. relatively famous actor, really super good looking dude, and and he like we're like in like the four pack of chairs, sitting at each other, like staring at each other, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I know who he is, yeah. and I'm like, and I and I've actually had breakfast beside him in Bahamas before, so I could have like said, hey, I saw you, whatever, but I'm like, I can't do it, like I can't say, yeah, I don't but, bug you, I can't I mean, do Johnny, it. Johnny, the thing is, you're also like a celebrity, right? Like you're you're a pro athlete. I think you have a little bit, you got that credibility where you could, you know reason with somebody and have those conversations i am a stooge and i can't really do that <laughs> mikey just... you're the captain of the carnival cruise line what are you talking about you do whatever you want uh, <laughs> well, mj ab sell himself short mj he got upgraded into the pods on the flight home he was in the yacht club which is ex- yeah, an nice. exclusive part of the ship on the high seas mj he's selling himself wow. short he always does it was a nice Big nice it was a nice trip, I'll say that. It was a very, very nice trip, and this was a very, very nice chat, as per usual, MJ. Uh, well, I guess we won't talk next Monday, because I don't think we have a show. I believe that'll be Boxing Day, but we'll chat again uh, sometime next week, and if I don't speak to you again, uh, have uh, a very Merry Christmas with you and the family. All right, you guys too, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, we'll talk soon from Halifax, I guess, next time I'll be talking to you. Oh, are you doing the juniors? Oh, yes, my friend. I will be in there the entirety. You'll be hearing my voice for all the Canadian games as this super team. Gord Miller telling me they might be the most talented team in decades. Wow. So I don't know what that means. I haven't been around that long, but apparently they're stacked. So, yeah, I'm heading out there on Christmas Day as well. Love it. Love it. Well, we'll catch up with you again uh, then. And until then, safe flight out there, and uh, we'll chat again soon. All right, guys. Have a great day. There he goes, Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst and also a part-time TMZ guy, as we found out a couple weeks ago. He broke down a whole Kardashian thing. when He was in Vegas. Kardashians were supposed to be in Vegas. He knew where they were going to eat and all that. And then when Haley and Justin Bieber were in town a couple of weeks ago, he was kind of all over that as well and apparently had a little stop and chat or something with them. So 
Yeah, he's a he's he, don't kid yourself. That guy's a part time TMZ reporter. I'm telling you. Oh, he's got it. Yeah, he's got his finger on the pulse, house brother. Oh, yeah. As do you, my man. I'm you know don't let that John Ham setback uh, you know get you <laughs> down, my man. You you're no stooge, and you could talk to anybody out there, man. You 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 got a big profile in this town now. You know what it is though. Like I I know if I did have that conversation with him, he actually would have probably enjoyed it because it's not about him. Most people want to talk to him about him, right? But when you sit there and you have a discussion about sports, something he's interested, right? It's relatable. It's definitely much. It's easier to have those conversations with people because then you're not talking to an actor. He doesn't feel like he's talking to a fan. He's just talking to a regular Joe about sports, and that's why I love sports. It's Always an easy thing to relate to. That's my go-to conversation at parties to make friends. Always, always. 100%. (laughs) Hey, man, yesterday was was a great example. That World Cup final, I had people over at the house here. Some of them not even sports fans. They're riveted to the thing. It was crazy. I'll tell you a story when we get back, or maybe a little bit later today, but I was at the Miami airport watching the game, and there were some massive, massive Argentinian fans there, literally in tears. After it, uh, I I could share that story in a little bit. But up next, we're going to be debuting a little segment through the rest of the week. we got five shows until Christmas. The five days of Christmas. What's going to be on today's special? Well, you have to find out on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Feschuk. You listen to Lee's Lunch here on TSN 1050. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Five gold rings. rings. Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the sixth Lee's day of Busters Christmas, will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, piece of cake, avoid penalties, and early termination fees. Visit LeaseBusters.com. All right, Dave. It's Dave Festruck, by the way, the Toronto Star, in here with myself, Mike DiStefano, a.k.a. Al's brother. Uh, we're debuting a new segment. It's the Five Days of Christmas this is the first of the five days until we're done for the Christmas season, I suppose, till Christmas. So we have different kind of themes that we're going to do. And today's theme is a Dubis slash Maple Leafs Christmas wish list, Dave. So we have three things that we're writing to Santa Claus, putting on our wish list for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you want to start with uh, with your three-pack? Yes, sir, I do. This is I love I love the concept and and look, you know, my my number one wish list item if I am the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's it's what we were just talking about with MJ. I think I think we all have to agree if we've watched this team play this year, what has been the one spot in the lineup that has not at Sheldon Keefe and been, you know, has not been seized by the players who've been inserted into it and it's that second line left winger and we've seen you know Dennis Malgan try his hand there we've seen Nick Robertson try his hand there we've seen uh, you know we've seen a number of guys Alex Kerfoot has spent considerable time there and we just haven't find found the fit so you know we know the trade freezes hitting tonight at midnight we know it goes to December 28th but between December 29th and the March 3rd trade deadline Isles brother I, I have to believe the Maple Leafs are going to make a move for a forward with the stature and ability to spend, you know, quality time in that spot, whether it's Ryan O'Reilly or, Bo, or Bo, you know, Bo Horvat, Andre Kuzmenko, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi. I don't know who it is. Do I have a, do I have a preference? I, I've got a soft spot for Ryan O'Reilly. I do. Yeah. I think 
the you know although I'm conflicted on it because sometimes I believe the intangibles are overrated and he's maybe not what he was when he won a cup only a few years ago with the Blues. Certainly his production isn't where it was, uh, but on the other hand, I think he could be rejuvenated by coming to this market, and I think it could be a move that could pay off. Yeah, well, one of the things I have on my wish list is, is sim- very similar. A nicely wrapped trade offer for Kyle Dubas, and one that would include um, either a, a top six forward with some size, a little bit of scoring touch, or you know, a, a physical defenseman with size and puck moving abilities. One of those two, right, would be would be nice. But when you talk about, and I think the guy at the top of my list is also Ryan O'Reilly, and is he still, you know, a spring chicken? No. Is he getting up there in age? Has his numbers fallen off a bit? Sure. But he's a guy who's won. He's been there. He knows how to play in those games. And he's a guy who I think can elevate his game when the time comes where it's playoff time. And the thing is, he doesn't have to be the guy in Toronto. He doesn't have no. to be the second or a third best guy. Like, he could comfortably be fourth or fifth best forward on this team, and he could provide them a massive boost in that top six and, and and just the style he plays could certainly help this team a, a, a lot, I would think. The funny thing is, do, do you put him you know, in the two-hole at center, in the three-hole at center? Do you move one of those guys out to the wing? Does Tavares shift over to the wing? Mm-hmm. That's where it kind of gets interesting if you do bring in Ryan O'Reilly and how your lineup shakes out from, from there on out. But that is also one thing that I also have under my Christmas uh, Christmas wish list is a, a nicely wrapped trade offer. Are you officially... Yeah. I guess before we move on to the other things, are you officially on team trade for a forward as opposed to trade for a defenseman? Well, look, I'd that's be on kind of, team, there's two schools of thoughts there, right? I'd be on team trade for both if it's if it's possible. Well, I don't and think it look, is, unfortunately. Well, maybe. Look, I mean, it depends who you're moving out. It depends the kinds of transactions you want to make here. Obviously, anything is possible. We've we've learned that about the salary cap is that yeah. it is possible. Now, is it is it difficult? Yes. Is it unlikely? Yes, because it takes bold and, you know, pain-in-the-butt moves to, to move the mountains necessary to to bring in multiple players at, at the trade deadline. But it's been done. I mean, teams have done it. And, and you never know also who's going to be hurt, right? Like, Which brings me to my second piece of the wish list, Dallas brother. They need good health. I'm wishing for good health because, I like, this has already been a bit of a calamity when it comes to the defensive health of this team. When you're looking at losing your number one guy and Morgan Riley, who is still out, although, you know, returning to skating with an eye toward returning to play in the new year. Um, you've had TJ Brody out for extended periods. We know about Jake Muzzin and the unlikelihood, uh, you know, the widely, you know, upheld belief that he will not be available right. come playoff time. And we know that they've been granted a great gift in the idea that Mark Giordano has stepped up and become essentially your number one defenseman even though he is the oldest skater in the league. But I'll tell you this, do I believe it's sustainable for Mark Giordano to you know, continue this type of load throughout the season and then be effective yeah, for as long as they're going to want him to be effective in a playoff run? No, I don't believe that's sustainable. They gotta, like, this, this is, there's load management in pro sports for a reason nowadays. So they're going to need good health from here on out and need it badly. Because uh, as you're pointing out, Al's brother, like it's not as though – they can just go and trade for more defensive depth, especially if they want to go trade for forward depth. It's going to be very difficult to add to this roster in significant ways, which means they're going to need the guys that are playing well now to continue to be playing well. And, and the availability, of course, will be the number one ability.
Yeah, which is why I also had a, a magic healing stone on my Christmas wow. wish list. You, like you rub that. it up on your players, and they're, boom, back to full health. What's that? What's that, Morgan? You, you got an injury here on your knee? Let me just rub that stone on you. Oh, good as new. Let's see out there on the ice. What's that, Nick? Your shoulder? Okay, let's rub that. Oh, there you go. Good on the ice. Love it. But more importantly, I think something that, that you know, you were talking about that, uh, just to add on to what you were talking about at, at least, Making sure that the goalies stay healthy too, yes. because that's kind of and Matt Murray in particular, because that's all that's going to be in the back of our heads the entire season. Like I don't know if we can ever get to a point with Matt Murray. Like he's playing phenomenally. He's been a terrific goaltender so far this season. And the one question that we always have to revert to when we say, "Oh, is was this a win for Kyle Dubas? Did the gamble pay off?" Have to wait until the end of the year and see if he can stay healthy. So if you had that magic healing stone, that worry goes away, and all of a sudden that's a big-time win for Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs and, and, and Leafs Nation because the goaltending has been elite. I mean, oh, yeah. Saturday, Saturday night was a bit of an off night for Ilya Samsonov. He, he'll tell you that. He told us that after the game. You know, a couple of those goals were a little soft, but outside of that, Honestly, they've been terrific, the two of them, both of them. So they could both stay healthy um, going forward. The Leafs will be in good shape. Uh, I love that. The magic healing stone, kind of like the magic <laughs> healing charcuterie board that keeps you in such great health. Right, else, brother? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there will be plenty of charcuterie boards over the next week. I can guarantee you that one. How about we save the final the final. Uh, item on our wish list for the other side, Dave. Why don't we save the final one? Because we got to hit a break here. Uh, so we'll do that. The final wish list item will come on the other side. We'll also be joined by Mark Masters in the second hour of TSN. Uh, he's out with the World Juniors right now um, with Team Canada before they head out to Halifax. So uh, we'll catch up with Mark Masters also in the 1 o'clock hour. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Feshuk of the Toronto Star. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. First up, with Karolnik and Koliakovo, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. If you ain't first, you're last. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Lunch brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. And speaking of gifts, Dave, I'm with Dave Feshuk of the Toronto Star. I'm Mike DiStefano. We are finishing off our wish list, our Christmas wish list for, uh, for Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And is there one more gift you're hoping to see under the tree this year if you are the Maple Leafs slash Kyle Dubas? There is, Al's brother. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what it is. We've had this conversation over the past few days about the idea that the NHL may be in its wisdom considering, certainly not going to immediately, but considering adding two regular season games to its schedule to go from 82 to 84, which, of course, way back if you're old enough, Al's brother, you remember the time it was 84 back in the early 90s for a few years. Um, my wish list, if I'm a Maple Leaf fan, is... Not more regular season games, Alice brother. <laughs> Less regular season games from the NHL because we don't need more of that thing that nobody cares that we're good at if we're the Maple I, Leafs. I don't understand where the appetite is to add two more regular season games. Like 
to me, why wouldn't you look into maybe doing more? Like, if you want to add more games, like, we understand it's about revenue, right? That's what it is. You're adding two more games. It's all about revenue. Everybody knows right. that. It's not like that's a big secret. But wouldn't you add more revenue by having, like, a play-in like the NBA has done now, yes. like the, the, the Major League Baseball has done? I mean, you can generate more money for playoff tickets anyways. And if it's, I don't know, one and done, best two of three, however they want to do it, I suppose – wouldn't that generate just as much, maybe even more, money for the NHL? I mean, I guess maybe not every team is guaranteed a, a game in that sense, whereas an 84-game season, I suppose everybody would get at least one more home gate. But I don't know. It just it, it really seems like 82 games almost too much. Like when we had the 56-game season a couple – couple of years ago during the covid seemed that was like right. okay it, was, it seemed okay like maybe and we were having the conversation of is 82 games enough should they scale it back to 76 or maybe 72 mm-hmm. right and now all of a sudden it's like no 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 we're actually going to add two more games like where does this come from i don't get it. well i know where it comes from and look there's, there's some sound reasoning in terms of like what the beef is and the beef is like calgary and edmonton only play three times this year and the idea is well they got to at least play four times Two in each building. There was there was this longing to go back to you know regional rivalries, right? So in other words, how do you you know how do you ensure regional rivalries? Well, you got to have those interdivisional games guaranteed. And right now, you know sometimes you only play your interdivisional opponent three times. So I understand that aspect of it to a degree. And, and how do you compensate for it if you're negotiating? Because obviously this is a collective bargaining issue, Al's brother. You got to well, you say to the players, look, we'll take some games off the preseason to compensate for it. And so that makes some That's sense. That's what the NFL did, right? The yeah. NFL, they took a preseason game off and then added a regular season game. Right. But to your point, Al's brother, I think the grander trend in in the 82-game sports, the NBA and the NHL, has always been, look, we, we're talking about injuries and, and the, the injury epidemic. We're talking about availability being a massive issue, certainly in the NBA more than the NHL. So, like, a shorter schedule seems to be, you know, the way to combat that over time, if you're looking at, you know, 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road, what we'll be seeing. I don't think we're going to be seeing longer schedules. I just can't, I just can't imagine we're going to be seeing longer schedules. I think we'll be seeing shorter ones, but you know, this is counterintuitive. But if I'm the Leafs, like to get back to the team that matters, yeah, we, we, everybody knows we're good the regular season. We don't need to prove any, anything else. We can't winning two more regular season games is not going to make anybody believe we're a different team than they believe we are right now. So I'm with you, Els, brother. Like, expand the playoffs if you want to, but do not expand the regular season. So maybe, like, in Monopoly, there's an advance to go on the board. So under the Christmas list, you want an advance to round two? Is that what you want yes. under the Christmas tree? Wouldn't that be Ad- nice? Advance to round two. Just skip around the entire board. Go straight to go. Go straight to the second round. Give me a buy. That- yeah, let's have a, let's have a buy for finishing first in the division. We, we will win a round by not even playing uh, the round. That'd be beautiful. Wouldn't that be? Um, all right, my last thing that I have on my, on my list, by the way, should note that uh, – Josh Cloak is reporting, who I believe is actually going to be my co-host tomorrow, joining us um, in your chair, Dave, tomorrow, so that would be fun. Um, He's reporting that uh, Michael Bunting looks like he took a puck to the face and left practice today, a little bit of a bloody mouth. So, I mean, they can really use that magic healing stone today, not wait till Christmas. Just rub rub that rock on the mouth, and hopefully all is good with, uh, with Michael Bunting. But my final wish list item would be a stick filled with goals for one of these depth pieces. I mean, 
whether it's Pierre Engvall who can start putting pucks in the back of the net, whether it's Alex Kerfoot who can score. Okay, maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, <laughs> Callie Yarncrook. I mean, yes, like somebody gets one of these guys to start scoring some goals because they're relying too much on the big boys. And, I mean, they're going to keep scoring a lot. Like, William Nylander is going to keep filling the net. You're going to keep getting goals from Marner, from, uh, from, from Matthews. JT's actually... Nothing's dried up, but only two in his last 11. So that's mm-hmm. kind of – he's, he's got to start scoring a little bit here too. But they need some more depth scoring uh, on this team to be sustainably good the rest of the way. So, you know, a stick filled with some goals and maybe share it around a little bit, right? Pierre can get it one game, give it to Pontus Holmberg for another. Maybe you need a goal from the blue line. Here you go, Rasmus. Here's the, here's the stick that guarantees you a goal tonight. You know, kind of make it like a – what is that movie, the the – Moving pants, mm-hmm. traveling pants, whatever that oh, movie yeah, was. Oh okay. yeah, it's like okay, whatever that movie was. But the regardless, the traveling pants. Ah, that's, it, that's it. That's it. That's the one. That? Yeah, okay. Make this the stick of the traveling goals, right? You just kind of give a stick out, and it got it's got a goal a night. You give it to some of these depth guys, and hopefully, you can pick up some scoring. I don't know if that exists, but if it did, boy, could the Maple Leafs really use one of those? Yes, they could. And heck, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like fifty games left, right? We're thirty-two games in. Matthews at 16, he could use that stick too because what does he yeah. need? 30, as MJ pointed out, he needs 34 goals in the remaining 50 games to get to 50, uh, which you got to think would put him in the conversation for the Rocket, even though McDavid's still on pace for more than 70. No, I don't think uh, so. I yeah. think he needs he's the blow past 50. I think. Well, I'm high, saying high, high 50. Yeah, it's a start. right. Right. I just absolutely. think there's going to be a slowdown here. There's there's so many guys on pace for 60 right now. You know, McDavid's on pace for 72. Tage Thompson on pace for 66. Horvat 60. Jason Robertson 59. Miko Randon 59. Those are the on pace numbers that we're talking about for the league's top goal scorers at this point. I see a slowdown for a lot of those guys. They don't have none of those guys have the career track record of scoring at those paces. Uh, yep. Obviously, and so you know, there's going to be a bit of a regression. We know Matthews can score at that pace because we've oh, seen yeah. it with our own eyes. I understand it's a different type of year. The Maple Leafs aren't as focused on offense. They're not. They're not putting up the blowout numbers like they were last year. They're not scoring seven, eight goals a game like they occasionally did. Um, you know, quite often in the second half of the year, actually, when you look back. But then again, uh, Matthews has been known to flip a switch and suddenly find himself, you know, reeling off a hat-trick in a two-goal game and another hat-trick uh, in very short order. Yeah, maybe we'll see it. Uh, maybe we can see it start tomorrow. Right? It's a big game tomorrow. They can pick up a, a big two points against Tampa, roll that into the next-gen game on Thursday against Philly, nice little Christmas away with the family, and then come back and really start chipping away at that, uh, at that rocket race. We'll see if he can get it done. All right, uh, on the other side, we're going to come back, and Mark Masters is going to join us out in Moncton with the World Juniors. He's with Team Canada. He's been there with camp for the last week and a bit. So we'll catch up with uh, with Marky Mark, see how the, the young lads are doing. Shane Wright just named captain of Team Canada, so we'll see what's going on in Moncton. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Feshuk of the Toronto Star. Second hour of Leafs Lunch coming up next.